Lecture Notes, Aristotle's Function Argument. In the modern world, we tend to think of ethics as being all about how we act. Ethics, you might think, is about finding principles or rules that will tell you how to behave. However, a more ancient approach to ethics sees ethics in a much broader sense. For Aristotle, ethics isn't just about how to act, but it's rather about how to live a good human life. In these lecture notes, I will introduce the Aristotel Aristotelian concepts of ergon, or function, and explain how it is related to arete, excellence, or virtue. Then in the next set of lecture notes, I'll unpack Aristotle's views on virtue in a bit more detail. Before proceeding, please watch the following required video, which will introduce you to Aristotle's thoughts about function and how it's related to ethics. The video in question is from Wireless Philosophy, and it's about Aristotle on the purpose of life. So if you've watched the video, once you watch the video, you might find it a little bit surprising. There's a lot in the video about biology, plants, and animals, and aren't we supposed to be talking about ethics? So why was so much of that video about plants and animals? Well, because Aristotle thinks that in order to know what a good life for a creature, human or non-human, is, we have to first understand the nature, function, and form of that creature. Let me give you an analogy. I have both cats and chickens. If I treated my chickens like cats, gave them a litter box and catnip toys to play with, and my cats like chickens, gave them nest boxes and threw out grains for them to scratch in the leaves, would each group flourish? No, of course not. In order for my chickens and my cats to flourish, I have to first understand the kind of creature each one is and care for them accordingly. So too with ethics. In order to know how to live a good human life and flourish, in order to be a virtuous and good person, we have to first understand the kind of creature a human being is. This idea is at the heart of Aristotle's function argument. I'm going to break down Aristotle's function argument into seven premises that lead to a conclusion, but of course this is just my summary of his thought. You won't find these exact premises in Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. So let's start with premise one. The goodness of a thing is determined by whether it fulfills its function well or poorly. Take for example a knife. What's the function of a knife? To cut. So a bad knife is not sharp doesn't cut effectively. A good knife is sharp, effective at cutting. Premise two, the function of a thing also defines that thing. Again, take the knife. What defines a knife as a knife? What makes it a knife and not a pencil? It's function. A knife is a knife and not a pencil because a knife is defined by the function of cutting. You don't want to try to cut an onion with a pencil, and neither do you want to try to take notes on a piece of paper with a knife. Premise three. Humanity is distinguished from plants, animals, and mere objects by our rationality. Premise four. Therefore, the human function is rationality. In these premises, three and four, Aristotle is trying to work out the function of human beings. It's easy to figure out the function of a knife or a pencil because knives and pencils are artifacts created by humans for very specific purposes. We give knives the function of cutting and pencils the, pen the function of writing. With human beings, however, it's a little trickier. 
If you believe that humans are created by God, one natural thing to say is that God gives humans their function. And historically, many theistic philosophers have agreed with Aristotle that rationality is a central part of the human function. But let's set aside God for the time being. Although Aristotle believed in a kind of divine being, a first mover, this first mover is not the same of the, as the God of Western theistic religious traditions. So if we're not looking to God to figure out the function of human beings, how will we figure out the function of humanity? Well, for Aristotle, one natural place to look is biology. What defines our species and sets us apart from other creatures and plants? Our rationality. But what does he mean by rationality? This is one of the trickiest questions raised by the function argument, I think. We can definitely rule out one thing. He does not mean sheer intelligence or IQ. Rationality for Aristotle means something like our ability to reason, whether that's reasoning about action, picking a goal and figuring out how to achieve it, or reasoning about theoretical matters, trying to understand something. I also like to think about rationality in terms of our ability to ask for reasons. Take a simple example. When my cat Gibson sees a spring, like a cat toy spring, that he wants to chase, we assume Gibson does not first ask himself, but should I really chase the spring? Do I really have reason to chase it? Whereas you do have the capacity to ask yourself, but should I really keep reading my philosophy notes? Do I have good reason to read them? Of course, most of the time we don't pause to ask ourselves such questions, but our capacity to ask this kind of why question and ask for reasons is arguably one of the most defining features of our rationality. Premise five, a person is good to the extent she is good at acting rationally. Once we combine premise one, that tells us that a thing is good when it fulfills its function, and premises three and four, which establish that the human function is rationality, we simply conclude that a person is good to the extent that they are rational. Still, you might think there's a problem here. What does it mean to be good at acting rationally? How do we do that? Premise six answers those questions. The way to be good at acting rationally is to develop and have virtue, since virtues perfect our rational nature. So. Premise six, being good at acting rationally is to be virtuous. Premise seven, a necessary condition for eudaimonia is fulfilling one's function well. Now we're pivoting and introducing a new idea, namely this Greek word eudaimonia. What is eudaimonia? Some people translate it happiness, but personally I prefer to translate it flourishing. Eudaimonia means living a flourishing good life. And although it no doubt includes happiness, calling it plain happiness can be misleading because that implies that eudaimonia consists in feeling of feelings of pleasure or subjective happiness. But why do we have to fulfill our function in order to flourish? Consider some examples. My cats can't flourish unless they have toys to play with, since they have a strong hunting instinct that they need to express in order to flourish. My chickens can't flourish unless they have dirt to scratch in, since chickens have a strong instinct to scratch for food. For humans, our function is rationality, and so we flourish through virtues that perfect our rational nature. And aside, 
Ironically, if you listen carefully, you may be able to hear one of my cats playing with a ball in the background. <laughs> so, conclusion of the argument. Virtue is a necessary condition for eudaimonia. Fulfilling your function requires being excellent or good according to your nature, and being excellent or good according to human nature is to have virtue. Thus, you can't flourish without virtue, according to Aristotle. He thinks you can be wealthy and not have virtue. You can be successful according to worldly standards and not have virtue. You could feel pleasure and not have virtue. But you cannot live a truly good human life, a flourishing life, without virtue, according to Aristotle. However, there is an important caveat here. Although virtue is necessary for eudaimonia, it's not sufficient. According to Aristotle, you must have virtue and some element of good luck in order to flourish. Imagine a virtuous person who's being unjustly tortured for a crime they didn't commit. Is the virtuous person flourishing while they're on the torture rack? It seems absurd to say that they are. So through no fault of their own, such a person is, person is prevented from truly flourishing because of circumstances outside their control. Okay, key takeaways for this lecture. For Aristotle, ethics and the good human life are not things we just decide for ourselves. What a good life is for us is determined by our nature. Just like we can't arbitrarily decide that bleach is good for plants, so too we can't arbitrarily decide what's good for us. So instead, if we want to know what a good flourishing life for a human being is, we have to first ask what kind of being a human being is. Once we know what kind of being human beings are, then we could know what would fulfill or perfect our nature, aka what would allow us to flourish.